the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Ryan. Thanks for listening to this episode. You know, during the holidays, there's so much fun and celebration, but there's also some difficult things that people are working through. And one of those is the complexity and the accompanying emotions of a blended family, which by the way, isn't a rare thing. 40% of families in the United States are blended with at least one spouse having a child from a previous relationship. And all this can make an already complicated and hectic time even more so. So this week, I talked to Brad and Amy Thompson about uh, their story of having a blended family, how they've made the holidays work, and hopefully it is an encouragement for you. All right, Brad and Amy, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I've been on a few times. Couple of times. First time that I've gotten to sit down with you, I think, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, Yeah. cool. Awesome. Well, glad that y'all are here. Well, Christmas season's upon us. And so uh, before we jump in, I want to know what are some things that you guys are looking forward to celebrating around Christmas? Time with family um, is a high value for us. So we're looking forward to time with family. And then there's still some unknown in that. We've got a couple kids off at college, so we're not exactly sure when they'll get home, but. Whenever we do get to see them, we're looking forward to that. Yeah. What about you, Amy? I'd agree with that. There's so many unknowns yet. Um, so that should be fun, just to anticipate what could happen and, and be flexible with whatever does. We don't know yet that our two oldest boys will be with us at Christmas, and if that doesn't happen, it'll be the first. And, and what um, are their ages? 20 and 22. Okay. And so I guess that's about the age when you just don't know if they're going to be around or when. Or, yeah. You know. <laughs> There's a, a few complicating factors. One is just their age, right? They're yeah. off in school. They're in Kansas at Kansas State University, so 11 hours away. The oldest is married now, so he's entering a season where um, he's getting to start his own traditions with his, his bride. And then they both play football and will be going to a bowl game. So they don't know when that's scheduled. So there's a lot of unknowns beyond just the age of them as to whether or not we'll get to see them on or around Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Can yeah. I add? Yeah. Sure. Jump in. What I'm yeah. really excited about yeah. is the new campus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Having Christmas Eve service at 520. It's going to be exciting. I'll have to miss it because I'll be at Eager Bay. But uh, but yeah, that'll be super exciting. Yeah, I know. So I've, I've been over there a couple of times just touring through there. It's I, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous of just the new buildings and all mm-hmm. the excitement of it. So that'll be awesome. Should be fun. Yeah. So just, I mean, just for people who are, um, you know, newer, don't know you as well, maybe talk a little bit about your background. First starting off at, at, uh, at the 528 campus and uh, how long you've been there and then talk about your family. Okay. So I started coming to Clear Creek when uh, there were no other campuses uh, over 20 years ago when we were in the ninth grade center and then became a part of what's now the Egret Bay campus. And when the Clear Springs campus at the time was launched, um, we were living in the Friendswood area. It was closer to us and we wanted to be on mission. So we immediately moved over to what was the Clear Lake or the Clear Springs, then West Campus, and now will be the 528 Campus. So we've enjoyed our time over there. Um, we serve on the guest services team, a part of First Impressions, and also serve as a campus elder over there. And I'll let Amy tell a little bit about our family. Um, Brad and I have been married. We just celebrated our 18th wedding anniversary. All right, um, congrats. Thank you. Um, we'll back up and say Brad introduced me to Clear Creek Community Church, so I've been here for 19 years. And at the time uh, that we were married, I had a four-year-old and a two-year-old little boy. And then a couple of years later, we added Brooke, um, who is our biological daughter. So now we have three children, and we've been attending Clear Creek uh, with, with those babies ever since. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right, so y'all are a blended family, which is one reason why I want to talk to you today, just to, to talk about uh, what's it like being a blended family going into the holiday season. I know that that probably has some challenges that uh, that families that aren't blended uh, have, uh, even though I think it's probably, you know, there's always some challenges, of course, uh, you know, making families work around this holiday season, but it just, it's an added complication maybe. And so, um, you know, what, what are some of your thoughts on that and some of the challenges you guys have faced? Yeah, I would agree with you that that holidays in general can be complicated and and even more so in a blended family. What first comes to mind um, is really a lack of control. You're not fully in control of the entire holiday season. By being a blended family, we have two, I have two stepsons, our two oldest. They're going to spend time and need to spend time at their dad's house. And so um, we, it's more difficult to plan um, you're not always in control of it. You may have things that were important to you growing up, um, traditions that, that need to be changed or altered or, or you, you don't even get to do anymore. So for me, as a bit of a control freak, um, the holidays with the blended family can be challenging because you're not in control of all the time. Mm-hmm. Anything to add to that? <laughs> I think the challenges depend on and what season you are with that blended family. Um, for people who are stepping into the holiday season for the first or second time, it's it can be messy. It can it, there's a lot of hurt and heartache and brokenness that still needs to be addressed. And um, if, I think that's hard because you you kind of want to push it under the rug and just think about Christmas, um, build excitement and joy. But really, you have to address and acknowledge and plan ahead about all this involved in all the layers and um, the brokenness, the heartache, the sadness, anger, whatever emotions are there um, early on that make it really, really hard. But if you have a blended family that's 20 years down the line, like we are, um, those heartaches and the hard times, the worst times are far removed from our memory. And it's easier to focus um, on the planning and it's easier to get input from your children because they've They've walked through it for a number of years. Um, they feel more freedom um, to to speak into the activities. And mm-hmm. well, I think about long ago. So I mean, eighteen yeah. years ago, you guys have been married. Yeah. Um, what was it like, at least initially, when your kids were younger? How you managed all the the families that they, you know that they were going to see and how you were going to celebrate different traditions and what, how you were going to make new traditions now as a new family. Um, so yeah, think back about just early on mm-hmm. in, in your 18 year marriage. Yeah. So early on, um, it, it's not just being a blended family, right? But it just anytime you start a new family, it's different from your household of origin. So some things we, we were able to continue that, that we we had done growing up and some things we didn't in my household growing up Christmas Eve was a big night and we typically um, would open one gift Christmas Eve night and I can remember early on with the kids that was something that was important to my parents right so now step grandparents um, in addition to two other grandparents okay so are we going to continue that tradition or not and as it happened some things just or planned, and some things just happened. And in my memory, it happened to be a Christmas Eve service at Clear Creek. We we're going to go to church together. My parents came with us and decided they'd stay with the kids. And then, can we open a gift? And one of the kids didn't want to, but then they decided to. And and that ended up being a tradition 
that stuck is that most Christmases, Christmas Eve, my parents would be with us. Christmas mornings, the kids would get up and open gifts. And then usually around midday, the boys will go to their dads. And that has stuck for almost 20 years or 18 years now. Mm-hmm. And then when Brooke came along, um, the three of the kids would like to spend the night together in, in one room so that they could all get up at the same time. So those are some traditions that I would argue just happened and then stuck. Um, and we've got some other funny ones that, that have stuck the same way. But mm-hmm. that, that's the one that's sweetest to me is the Christmas Eve and Christmas morning with all the kids together. Hmm. What were one of the points of tension early on? Put you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, wh- I don't know that it's tension, but I'll go to complication maybe. And then there's a potential ch- tension that Amy may add to this. So Amy grew up in Kansas. Her parents are in Kansas. The boy's dad grew up in Kansas. His parents are up there. So um, a couple of Christmases we chose to spend in Kansas. So then you, you complicate travel. Now you're away from my family. If you go to Kansas, are you going to spend time at, at both sets of grandparents? Is it going to be equal? If we go up there and the boy's dad doesn't, then if we kept the boys away from him on Christmas, but then they need to see their grandparents... Um, and then there was even, you know, some, if we go to her parents' house and we have the kids and those grandparents want to see them, how do we get the kids to them? And so I don't, tension, I hesitate because it didn't feel bad, um, but there are other people's desires and opinions that you need to take into consideration when you have a blended family. You can't just do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that comes to mind there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think is all, I mean, it's like you said, it. Every family deals sure. with that. I mean, I think about early on when uh, my wife and I first got married. I mean, it was relatively simple yeah. compared to some complicated circumstances, but yet we're still coming together as a new family unit. We didn't have any kids, you know, yeah. we uh, weren't previously married, but yet we're still trying to figure out, well, who, are we going to see your cousins? Yeah. Or, and then whenever we start having kids, well, well, now they have cousins. Do we need to see your cousins mm-hmm. still? And it's just a challenging thing. And there's so many people that you're trying to see and spend time with and, uh, with a bit blended family situation, there's even more people that you want to spend time with. So it's just a lot of a lot of coordination. Did you have any any things that you felt like were, I don't know, just this tension or complications that were uh, early on that you felt like you guys had to work through? The example that he shared was what I thought of first because it did take a lot of communication um, with with the boy's dad ahead of time and that's what we had to plan out is how can we divide that time and make sure that they still have a relationship with his parents um, as well as mine and it just took calm conversation intentional conversation about the facts of what would be best for the kids and then that when the, the boys were young that followed even when we stayed local um, we had to talk through what time that transition that exchange of families was going to happen where was it going to happen uh, where would it be most comfortable were you you going to have a household of guests was I going to have a household of guests and and what would that look like and feel like to the kids um, but it all involved a lot of communication and planning ahead of time mm-hmm and now that tension remains because we do Christmas in Kansas one time and it snows, and the kids expect that every time we go up there in the winter, it'll snow now. So yeah. the tension lingers. Now, I think another area of tension worth considering um, that impacts many families is gift giving. Um, 
are gifts going to be done the same way in one household versus the other? Is there going to be a competition to outgift one another? Um, do you have extended family that you know? I was an only child. My my parents don't have any grandparents besides ours. Amy's parents have twenty. Not that many. Though. Sixteen grandkids, <laughs> but anyways, a bunch. Yeah. But they're differing factors, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so. I think, what are you going to do around gifts? While that's not the most important part of Christmas by any means, it is something that takes talking through. Otherwise, you can find yourself um, down a road of competition and wondering, how did we get here? Mm. So, That's a really good one because that can bring tension um, based on your personality of, of the children, too. If you, if, if you think about love languages with each of us, if you have a child whose love languages is, just happens to be gifts— um, and you're thinking, wow, I can shower them with gifts, and that's going to mean a lot to them. That may build a relationship that I've always longed for. Um, it can be a good experience, but on the other hand, blended families have a lot of emotion tied up in how do I, how do I show love and respect to my biological parent without betraying them and receiving this gift lovingly? And graciously, um, so they're struggling. Depending again on the age and the emotional maturity of, of the child, they're struggling with: Do I pretend that I love this gift, or do I really love this gift? Do I go mm. to my biological mom or dad's house and show them and share them, or do I hide it in the closet, make sure they don't know what I received? Um, so it's it's hard. Yeah, um, it's interesting. It, even think about the kids are aware mm-hmm. of the dynamics in that the the competition, the potential for mm-hmm. competition, mm-hmm. And, and not wanting to play into that. It's interesting to think about the pressure that it puts on them and that. For sure. Yeah, and with that in mind, you know the kids are watching, and uh, I give kudos to Amy from from early ages when the kids would go to their dad's house on Christmas. She made sure they had gifts to give both their dad and their stepmom, and now they're of an age where they can buy and pick out their own gifts. But I think to the point of kids are watching, it sends a signal to them that you need to go, we want you to go over there, and it's okay to go and celebrate with them. In Mm -hmm. fact, you should take something to them. Whereas sometimes um, families don't always encourage their kids to go to the other household, and, and I think that can be... Um, detrimental to the kids. Now, was that part of y'all's story at all? Did you did you feel like there was some struggle with that, or do you feel like you have positive relationships with ex spouses at, at that time? Looking back, I think it, overall it was positive. Uh, there was a positive relationship, and even in the beginning when it was hard, we we did our best to communicate um, based on what was best for the kids. We kept the communication pretty succinct, pretty concise and to the point focused primarily on them and I have to say once I once I've developed a relationship with Christ it changed everything not only my relationship with Christ but it changed how I could view and talk um, with their dad and um, again that just that changed everything it, it made it a little bit easier um, to have those conversations and the conversations began to expand um, because it just, my view wasn't just about me, but it was about how God created him, his family. Uh, how can we glorify him through the hardship 
of, of divorce and, and now working through the holidays with a blended family. Mm-hmm. So my previous marriage, we didn't have any kids. So I've only experienced it as a stepfather. Um, I've not had the experience of my biological kid going somewhere else. So I've got a little different perspective than Amy's. But I have appreciated, I've heard through the kids that their dad and his family always spoke in a way that while this, we realize this is hard on you guys, you both have two families that love you. And and I think you would hear both of the boys still say that. And they were young age. And we asked them recently their opinions on this, knowing we're going to do this podcast. And and they've said it before that really that's all they've ever known. They were four and two. So all they've ever known was that transition. And I think seeing how the other household is reiterated, you, you get to do two Christmases. You got two families that love you. Um, it's I haven't seen a competition between the households mm-hmm. in an unhealthy way, and we've been fortunate to to have that experience. Yeah. I mean, that's such a great thing because yeah. I feel like that. I mean, obviously, that's not always no. um, the case. Yeah. Maybe uh, common, it seems like, at least initially in the uh, you know, early years of mm-hmm. someone um, being remarried and having a blended family, they're still working out mm-hmm. all the things, and there's still maybe some tension and some anger and all the different emotions in there. And, um, you know, they may not have as positive relationships with with uh, ex spouses and other families, and um, and I'm sure you've you've dealt with that and walked through a lot of people with that. I mean, you guys are leading the, the blended family class and, and have done that in the past. Um, how have you encouraged families who are struggling through that, where they're thinking, "Man, we have this perspective, but man, my ex husband or my ex wife and, and their family, it f- it feels like there is this tension, and we don't know how that's going at the other at the other Christmas." Yeah, that's hard. Um, I'll probably steal. Is it Romans twelve eighteen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so much as it depends on you, live at peace with others. And, and really, in marriage settings, divorce, dealing with with other family members, really the the circle that you can control is you. So much as it depends on you. So what advice we typically give is, if they're not behaving in a way that that you find helpful so long as it's not harmful to the kids. But if there's just stressful communication, they're ugly, they're mean, you still have a choice in how you communicate back. And so um, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with others. Then something Amy touched on earlier is you need to plan the communications. We need three minutes to talk about when we're dropping off this kid on this date, and we'll stick to that, and we're not – or – we need five minutes to talk about how we're going to do gifts, but state the topic and, and clearly and concisely stick to the topic because oftentimes those um, fractured relationships will, will get drug off in different directions and, and get off the topic. So it's hard um, when you're not communicating well, but I, we encourage people to control their own emotions, be factual, and then oftentimes, um, not always... Make it about the kids. It's, this, isn't, this is no longer about your relationship with the ex. This is about the kids and how we're going to get through these next few days together. Hmm. Yeah, so, I, I would imagine there's some challenges in there with people uh, of trying to balance being gracious and accommodating and flexible with the other family, but also trying to have some solid boundaries. And, and like, you know, I don't, I don't want to get stepped over. 
stepped on, but I also want to be someone who is encouraging and, and letting people have uh, the time that they want and the, the days that they want and just trying to trying to manage that. Do you see that that's pretty common among people? I think we could go a long time on divorce decree here. And I'll let you start it because that's a, a great topic you bring up, Ryan, is, is flexibility versus rigidity. Do you want to speak into that any? What I'm going to speak into is the fact that the, we talked a little bit with our kids on what it is, what input would they give us talking around blended families. And then we asked them all separately and every response was the same and it was to be flexible. And uh, one even texted, try not to stick to the details of the divorce decree. Hmm. And those words were never used when they were young. They, that just wasn't in our vocabulary about divorce decree or, well, it reads that we drop you off at noon or it reads that we have you on Christmas Day. He picks you up 20, the 26th and keeps you until you return to school. But they knew it. They sensed it based mm-hmm. on the communication that uh, Brad and I had around them, but also the communication that they heard or they sensed that I had with their biological father. So, again, it depends on their age. But it also depends on the communication that you are openly sharing in your tone um, in that communication of whether or not you're blaming um, one another or if you're falling back on what the divorce decree reads or if you're sharing, we're going to do this and be as flexible as we can. We know that it's hard. We know that you may not agree with it, but we're doing it because we believe it's best for you. yeah, so something we shared b- before we got started is often the holidays are, are just an intensification of what's going on all the time, and especially in how you're getting along with the blended, with the other family. Um, so I'll, I'll start with the holidays and then back up. This year, I don't know this exactly, but but many divorce decrees in the state of Texas read something like parent A will have the kids up until Christmas Day, and then the day after Christmas, parent B gets the the kids until the end of the, the school break. Well, in a given year, if school lets out on the 22nd or 23rd, parent A only gets the kids for two or three days, and parent B gets them for eight or ten, let's say. So what's best for the kids and, and some or the families? And, and you'll see one spouse that will have to work that entire time, but they're going to keep the kids just to keep them from being with the other spouse. And I don't find that helpful really for anyone involved. So if you can... So much as it depends on you. Uh, If you can get along and work out what would be best for everybody involved, should they spend a little bit of Christmas Day at both households? And then do y'all do New Year's? Maybe I'll get them back to you guys for New Year's because that's a bigger holiday for you. But you're not going to figure it out just this holiday season. I would commend Amy and Mark. With our, Our kids were all very active. And if Wednesday nights they were supposed to go to their dad's, but they had a ball game or were going to be home late, well, then they'd just stay with us, and then Thursday night they'd go over to the dad's. Or if it wasn't going to be his weekend, but he wanted to go out of town and see his family, well, then we'd swap and he'd go. So from an early age, they were able to get along and do what was best for both households and for the kids and not just be stuck with the divorce decree. And you need to honor the spirit of the divorce decree. Kids need to... to spend time in both households um, and, and be about around both parents. So we're not saying throw it out, but, but don't, don't use it as a, 
a leverage tool in a way that harms you or the kids. Hmm. How would you encourage someone who maybe they find themselves because of the way, you know, the scheduling mm-hmm. all worked out alone on Christmas yeah. or Christmas day. And that was always a big deal yeah. for them. And now it's just, it's them and, and their spouse and the thing, man, this is not, this is not the Christmas that I always hoped for and that I always had. How would you encourage them? I would say protect the relationship with your spouse. I mean, and, and pour into that. Um, if you, if that time is just with you and him or her, um, take advantage of that and celebrate the th- things that you might be able to do when the kids are not there. Um, I also recognize there might be situations where um, it, you are truly alone, wh- whether your spouse or your single parent mm-hmm. yet still involved with a blended family. And, and um, again, I would, I would say plan ahead because the holidays will always trigger. There will be either a song or an activity, um, a movie that's going to trigger emotions that you didn't expect. So just plan ahead if you think you're going to have alone time and perhaps read a book that you've been wanting to read or start, you know, take advantage of a hobby, um, perhaps serve, um, which, again, is one of the best medicines um, for that loneliness. Those are ideas that come to mind. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, I think you use the word different, and I think acknowledge right away it's going to be different. Just as you said, when you got married, it was different than... It was prior to you getting married. Then when you had kids, it was different. And so different is not right or wrong. It's just different. And so I think if we can be aware ahead of time that, yeah, this is going to be different, and that doesn't mean it's bad. And then I like what Amy says about what can we do differently in a good way um, because the kids aren't here. Maybe we do some projects. Maybe we find an activity together. Uh, And then for most, um, some plan to be busy because usually idle time is when, when our brain can get away from us a little bit. So I, I have a plan for that because you should know ahead of time. And then and ultimately the reason for the season, you know, find, find a way to celebrate um, what is the true gift, and that gift is in Jesus. And, and maybe that's what pulls us back to what is the real meaning of holidays. It's not all the craziness that happens on the floor around the Christmas tree. Maybe there's something bigger going on that one might be reminded of in a time like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about the the season of life that you're in now? So your kids are older. Uh, What are some of the the things that you are glad that you get to do and experience now that maybe you, it weren't, wasn't the case when they were younger and you were dealing with some of those earlier issues? Last night we were talking about with our, our daughter who's 17, uh, sleeping in, (laughs) Um, you know, for many parents, you've got to get up early and, and start the chaos on Christmas morning. So there's a different pace to our Christmas mornings, which I enjoy, is that uh, we can slow down a little bit and um, and just enjoy the entire morning. And that's different as our kids have gotten older. What about you? I think just having conversation with them um, and asking them to speak into really what activities they want, um, what traditions they hold tightly to, and what are ideas for new traditions, knowing that things are going to be different. Um, that's fun when they're a little bit older and can handle that conversation and, and feel a part of, of the holidays mm-hmm. in a different way. Yeah. So earlier you mentioned that the holiday season might just intensify all the relational dynamics that are going on in a blended family throughout the rest of the year. And I know you, you spend a lot of time with uh, couples and families working through some of these issues as 
elder and elder's wife and um, teaching classes on this. Um, so how prevalent is this within the church, within our culture, and, and how uh, have you seen people trying to manage a lot of these relational dynamics going on? Well, I, I think roughly half of marriages end in divorce. I think I saw a statistic, actually Amy found it and I was reading on it the last couple of days, 40% of married couples are a blended family. And I think there's 1,300 new blended families each day. So it's it's prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope for some that's an encouraging statistic and a weird way to realize that if you do find yourself divorced or in a blended family, you're not alone. Oftentimes when life doesn't go the way we had intended, we feel like we're the only one that's experiencing that. And the reality is there are many others that are going through just what you're going through. And hopefully... There are some that are 18 or 20 years down the road and can say, hey, it's not ideal. Maybe it's not what God planned, but you can get through this and it can be redeemed. Um, Hopefully we can offer encouragement to others um, that are on a different part of that journey than we are. Mm -hmm. Anything you want to add to that? I think a tendency for some, two two ends of the spectrum, it can be to either isolate um, because it the holidays can present a lot of things that are overstimulating or cause a lot of anxiety for people that, that so their first go-to may be to isolate themselves. Or on the other hand, you might have um, an individual or family that really wants to plug in so many activities because they know that it's going to be different. And that's a way to mask um, the loss of what used to be. Um, so you have to, busy, busy, busy on one end, or you have isolation. And I think we would encourage people, again, to think ahead and what is the holiday going to look like um, for you? Not just Christmas, but Mother's Day, Father's Day, the summer uh, with Fourth of July. Um, Think through what those holidays used to look like and, and plan ahead so that you don't isolate. If you happen to be alone, you can plan to be with friends, um, plan to travel to be with family, if you feel like there are holiday parties that you're invited to and you're going to be faced with hard questions and sitting across the table with someone that just doesn't know how to, to have conversation around your blended family, think ahead and either cut back on the activities um, and understand that, that you don't have to participate and do everything that is on the agenda. Mm-hmm. What are some of the support systems that you guys know about and even lead and participate in around Clear Creek for anyone who might be in this situation and are, and are looking for a community, looking to, to know that they're not alone in this? I think for all people, regardless where you find yourself, being surrounded by a community of believers is important. That's why we choose to be a part of Clear Creek Community Church and have been involved in small groups. Specifically, there are many... Um, Ministries that we've been a part of here, we've helped with the reengage, which is for any married couple. I would highly recommend that reengage class, um, whether your marriage is thriving or struggling. Uh, we're currently serving with divorce care for folks that are either separated or going through divorce care to, to help them through that season of life. And as you mentioned, we've had some blended family classes. So Clear Creek does a great job of offering classes um, for different folks at different stages of life. And I think whether it's these classes or somewhere else, be surrounded by others that are going through what you're going through and that also are believers in Jesus that can keep pointing you back to him because ultimately we're, we're, we're sinners living in a fallen world and so things aren't going to go ideally. 
I, I think of the Go resources. I mean, the Go ops that are available on the resources uh, through Clear Creek um, Community Church. Because oftentimes you do struggle with what do we do with this family feels different. The activities need to be different. So there's a lot of opportunity to serve others and, and use that time to really connect mm. in, in a different way. Um, we often think about gifts all the time around Christmas, but there's so many other ways to relate and build trust and um, form a, a relationship with that new stepchild or the, the, the siblings can unite and serve in fun ways around the holidays. Um, that's quality time um, that can be as much of a gift as something tangible. Mm-hmm. All right. So last question, really, if somebody is um, new, newly blended family in the last year, so they're heading into their first holiday season now, uh, we've already covered some of the things that you would give for advice, but just succinctly, what are the things that you would say? You'd said, make a plan, you said, be flexible, be flexible. <laughs> with that plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. What else do you have? Um, it's not about you. Make it about the kids. And don't, don't compare. Yeah, don't, don't compare. Mind. It's going to be different. Yeah. Is, yeah. It, so that would be it. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. So make a plan, but be flexible. Don't compare. It's going to be different. And that's not about you. Yeah. And I think that would help beyond just the holiday season yeah, as well. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Even in the new year, it's yeah. going to helpful, be helpful to have those things in mind. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you guys for being on the podcast again. Good talking with you and hearing your story once again. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh-huh.